Liberty-loving friends, this is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is Charles. Charlie, Chuck Thompson, how's it going, man? I thought you were going to say, come on down! (laughs) You're the next contestant on Everything is Falling Apart in Our World. (laughs) Uh, Did you have a good weekend? It was a great weekend. We had a good time. Yesterday, I went shooting. Poo-poo! Shot some guns? Mm-hmm. That's nice. You go have a nice little range session with the lady. Now, how did you shoot any guns when you lost all of them in the lake? Oh, we just rented them there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't want to own any. That's true. They let you rent them. Yeah, which basically is the same thing as owning things, You rent- as we'll find out later. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you rent, too. They give you a third rental for free. How about that, man? So, we shot some... It was all pistols. We were just pistol whipping. <laughs> pistol whipping that target. <laughs> I have, to t- I have to give it to Stephanie, man. She hit the bullseye probably six or seven times. Nice. Yeah, and she never once Out hit it a- outside of the man. Huh. But, yeah. Out of 200 rounds, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, that is really good. <laughs> even even um, even at like, what was it? Even at like 21 feet. Yeah. Didn't even hit it outside. Good. Shot a, a Glock 380, the Glock 48. Maurice wants to know if you're shooting pistols or handguns. <laughs> um. Hand pistols. Hand pistols. Okay. <laughs> we were pistol whipping some handguns. <laughs> they were fully automatic, too. Fully automatic pistols. Yeah. Nice. They're, All right. And they had bump stocks on them. <laughs> Good. Good. They don't, those are the slow ones that would only fire off a thousand rounds a second, right? Yeah. 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 Some of those crappy rentals. Yeah. 500 <laughs> rounds every half second. I had a good weekend. We went to a party on Saturday. I was we just did. telling everyone yeah. about how hammered. Sober, I got on Heineken Double Zero. Mm-hmm. I did have a lot of carbs, though. That's one difference. I know. I don't know how I didn't balloon up to like 300 pounds when I was drinking all and the time. And you smelled like beer. I'm sure I, that's what I was going for. <laughs> I wanted to smell like beer. I'd, I've fulfilled my two main things, which are smelling like beer and holding a glass bottle while standing in the circle. Those are the main things I wanted to do. Oh, around an island with yes. a kitchen sink. Yes. yes. Around the kitchen island. It's weird. I mean, it's a true story. No one hangs out in the living room. Everyone hangs mm-hmm. out in the living room or in yeah. the kitchen. That's yeah. where you go. It's true. That's that's where the action happens. You don't even need a living room anymore. Anyway, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast where we talk about a bunch of useless stuff that we did over the weekend. So thank you for joining. We also talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And we do a new episode every single day of the week when we want to. So if you're interested in life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. If you are maybe a libertarian or tilting towards anti-tyranny or anti-death in some kind of way. If you're on full tilt. This might be the show for you. <laughs> we try to keep it an even play. Like, we try to be equal opportunity offenders when it comes to talking about how terrible all the policies are that are out there. So we're going to be starting with Trump a little bit today. Mm-hmm. We talk, we spent a lot of time on Democratic policies, leftist policies. Old Trumpkin. Because that's obviously the direction that we're all moving. Even Republicans, they just go a little bit less leftist than than the leftists do. They, t- they at least talk about balancing yeah, the budget. <laughs> they mention budgets and constitutions and things like that. Yeah, they so don't ever do it. You got you to gotta hand it to them for, yeah. for at least saying the words balancing mm-hmm. budget and spending and constitution and would debt. you say another tagline for this podcast would be the adventures of america's demise i i i wouldn't but i we america's can. self-destruction that's that's good too i always say i always say um the, well, when they signed the constitution was there like a thing on there that said this document will self-destruct in 268 years <laughs> i think so it was on the back written in invisible ink right yeah <laughs> old tj Some, someone found it leave it up to tj <laughs> uh i've always our tagline i think on instagram is political opinions based on economic facts which i thought was pretty darn good and also true so there were how many executive orders? Four, Four. over the weekend, I mm-hmm. believe. Now, the couple main ones had to do with extending the unemployment benefits. Uh, I believe he extended the, uh, is it the mor- moratorium memorandum? Yeah, yeah on a moratorium on evictions. 
And so that's, that's right. So that's important, I guess. I believe one also had to do with the student loans. And then we also had a payroll tax uh, issue there as well. The extended where, unemployment benefits, yeah, $400, $400 a not, week not until the end of the year, mm, by the way. Yeah. Now, there's one major problem with this, which would be the fact that the president doesn't hold the power of the purse. Exactly. At, at all. <laughs> like the, they're really not supposed yeah. to be allocating money. And the the this, well, okay, I would say there's a couple things that he can do, and a couple things he can't. So, like the payroll taxes, he can direct the IRS not to collect them. Yeah, because the IRS works for him. Yeah, yeah. So he can be like, ah, just don't ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like what he did with the uh, like with, Obamacare mandate. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't ask. Don't ask. Don't tell. It just basically that was that policy. <laughs> there, there are laws that are passed, but the president is the law enforcement officer so yeah. you can say don't enforce this law that's another check and balance by the yeah. way it's it's kind of like nullification so but then going and saying well we're going to give 400 bucks a week to anyone who's on unemployment yeah you can't do that that's totally different no. and he said he's he, he's ready to defend these in court these executive orders in court uh, unfortunately he's not going to get sent to court by any republicans the republicans i saw were like oh this is such a brave move by by President Trump, when oh. when Congress is is just sitting on their hands doing nothing, the president's got to step up and and get the job done. And of course, this is completely hypocritical because I seem to remember a time when we had another president in office. It was like almost four years ago now. And while he was in office, he said that he didn't really need Congress because he had a pen and a and a phone, and he was going to do whatever he wanted, basically. And from what I can remember, I think I'm old enough to remember, Republicans were pretty much against that idea because executive orders were bad and things needed to go through Congress. And then I see people like Ben Carson and some other people like that tweeting about how great this is that Trump came out and fixed this problem for us so we didn't have to wait for Congress to do it. So that's uh, pretty hypocritical. And once again, the Republicans are cutting off any legs they had to stand on when there is another president in office. There's no legs to stand on. They ain't got no legs, mm -hmm. Lieutenant Dan. No, no way, no how. And then the other part is the, uh, the payroll tax. So I believe the payroll tax is up to, yeah, 15.3%. And that is split between employer. your employer and the employee. And you, and you guys split it even. For those that have employers. Yes, if you have an employer. Now, the payroll tax is uh, a, a terrible idea because it disincentivizes hiring it disincentivizes work it makes you more expensive to a business so maybe if you are a low skilled worker or something like that or even a high skilled worker the business has always got to calculate into your salary or your wages that whatever you're getting paid that they have to pay another almost eight percent or seven and a half percent seven whatever point six five percent on top of whatever it is that they're paying you, that they've got to pay that in payroll taxes. So you automatically get a seven and something percent reduction in whatever your value is, just because the business knows that you're going to cost them that much more because they have to pay a payroll tax for all the payroll, all the wages that they pay out. So it's a pretty terrible incentive as far as getting businesses to hire people. When you're dealing with what we're dealing with right now, this economic collapse, this government-instituted economic collapse that we're dealing with right now, and you have an issue with so many people being unemployed and an issue with so many businesses uh, not having the money to hire people, things like that, well, getting rid of the payroll tax is not a terrible idea because it takes away a barrier to hiring people. But there's a big problem because what does the payroll tax pay for? Hmm. Mm. It pays for Social Security and some of Medicare. Yeah. Or is it all of Medicare and some of Social Security? I can't remember uh, which most, one. All of Social Security, some of Medicare. Okay. So it's like two, I think it's 2% to Medicare and the rest is to Social Security. Yeah. Um, so this has led to basically the news story. Your FICA. Your FICA taxes. Yeah. The news story being over the weekend that President Trump was basically going to be ending Medicare and Social Security or completely gutting them and people were going to be losing their benefits and all of that. Because all of a sudden, if we don't have the money to pay for something, it means the government's not going to pay it out. 
right? <laughs> because that's the standard that we've always held to, for sure. Uh, they've No one on the left or the right has really ever cared whether or not the money was coming in for a certain program. But now all of a sudden, if the money gets cut out for the, a certain program, it obviously means that that program is going to be cut for the first time ever in history. Right. That that's what it means. So, the, I mean, this even led to... Uh, like my mom, who follows politics, saying something over the weekend like she was worried about Trump getting reelected because uh, her my my grandma would not be able to lose her Social Security or her Medicare. And I said that you don't have to worry about that. Literally, no one that is not even on the table. No, no way, no how whatsoever is anyone, especially if they're in their 70s or however old, there's no chance that they're going to lose their Medicare benefits or their social security They would all be voted out of office. Yeah, there is no possible way. The most radical proposal that you could ever expect would be that maybe people who are 40 are going to accept the fact that they're going to get reduced benefits. And maybe people who are under 40 are going to be able to opt out. And that's like insanely radical. And that's like our biggest hope that we could ever hope for. You could almost get shot just for proposing I know, I know. We might get canceled. Just for saying that <laughs> right now, there is no possible way that anyone who is in their 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s is going to lose any Social Security or Medicare. We can uh, go back to this right now. I pay for those benefits. <laughs> That's Was that an even older Bill Clinton <laughs> yeah, right there? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Checking. I serve my country for those benefits. <laughs> okay, so from Business Insider, um, I, I think we already, we already talked about a whole bunch of this, but... um. From <laughs> Wes said, thank God I'm 41. Thanks, Nate, for drawing that line. There you go. That's the problem with lines. You're I in, just, Wes. I just penciled you in, Wes. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from Business Insider, Trump pledged to permanently scrap the payroll taxes used to fund Social Security and Medicare if he wins re-election. So, <laughs> President Donald Trump... Man, the Democrats are genius. Oh, this is genius. It's so good. All he talked... Now, listen, he's proposed making cuts to the to the planned increases before like over a span of 10 years that that would amount to almost nothing being cut from them right but the, it's just insane how this story can run like this so president donald trump pledged on saturday to scrap the payroll tax a key mechanism that's used to fund social security and medicare he said quote if i'm victorious on november 3rd i plan to forgive these taxes and make permanent cuts to the payroll tax trump said at a press conference i'm going to make them all permanent so first off he was basically holding off the payroll tax but currently even though it's held off you're still going to owe back pay on the payroll taxes so you just don't have to pay it right now right and so he's saying if i win i'm going to make it permanent and then he says i'll make cuts to the payroll tax if I'm elected and the cuts are going to be permanent. And so that's not the same thing as saying that you're going to scrap the payroll tax, by the way, like it could go down by a percent and he fulfilled his promise right. of cutting the payroll tax. 0.1%. Yeah. That's, that's all you got to do. So he later said, in other words, I'll extend it beyond the end of the year and terminate. Well, he did say terminate the tax. He said, we'll see what happens. My bad for not reading two more lines into the article. The payroll tax funds, Medicare and social security. The federal government imposes a 15.3% levy on wages known as the payroll tax. It's evenly divided between employers and workers, and most of it goes to fund Social Security. By the way, it is evenly divided between employers and workers, but it is all paid by the workers. All of it. That's right. Every single bit of it. No matter what comes out of your employer's check, that comes out of what you get paid. Your salary is 7.55% less. Than what it would have been. Or 7.525. Yeah. Yeah. At least. It also helps to finance Medicare, the federal health insurance program for people over the age of 65 and for younger Americans with disabilities, in case no one knew what Medicare was. And in an April 2020 Gallup poll, 58% of retirees said they relied on Social Security for a major source of their income. That's actually better than what I thought it would be to tell you. 58% of retirees saying that it is a major source of their income. I mean, that could be, it's half of what my retirement income is, and only half the people who are retired are saying that. That's actually better than what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. It says, Medicare and Social Security finances are already shaky. Economists from the left-leaning Center for American Progress warned on Thursday that Trump's push to enact a payroll tax cut could further erode their shaky finances. <laughs> and it's the first time they've ever freaking worried about that ever 
in the history of government programs. Trump's scheme would weaken the Social Security and Medicare trust funds by diverting the revenue from the employee portion of Social Security and Medicare taxes and potentially the employer's share of Medicare taxes from the program's trust funds, the lockbox. A trust fund, really? Yeah. It's a trust fund. It's a trust fund. They've never taken the money out. It's an amazing trust fund that you just get an insanely awesome return on when you go to reap all of your rewards. Just so good and so trusting. (laughs) Around $500 billion in payroll taxes went into the trust funds of both programs from August to December of last year, the Center for American Progress said. The trust funds for both programs are scheduled to be depleted in this decade. The Bipartisan Policy Center projects that it... That if economic damage was similar to the Great Recession a decade ago, the Social Security Trust Fund could be depleted in 2029. That could prompt a 31% cut in retirement benefits, the organization said. The Medicare Trust Fund is in worse shape. Its trustees said the program would run out of money in 2026, also without accounting for the pandemic. So So they're already in trouble. Yeah. They're already on the brink of insolvency. Yeah, it's... Yeah, this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. And now this is a big deal if they don't decide to fund it in any kind of way. But or listen, make cuts. This Or make any cuts. They're Listen, that whether anyone likes it or not, they're going to have to make cuts to these programs for future retirees and future uh, seniors who are going to go on to Medicare. They're just going to have to. We cannot continue to spend money that we don't have. And a lot of the people that are on these programs, I know you paid into them, all right? Well, guess what? We already paid into our other taxes too, and we don't get crap for that either. So I know you paid into them, but it's just like every other time the government stole from you. They set it on fire afterwards. (laughs) That's what they did. All right, most of the people, a, a bulk of the people who receive money back actually receive more money back than they paid in. And so that's, listen, you're a lot of people... You look over your whole span of what you paid into Medicare. There are a lot of people that receive way more back than what they paid in. So a lot of times the argument, well, I paid into this, so I should receive it, doesn't always work very well. Because then you would say, well, I should only receive back the amount of money that I paid into it, which would only get you through like a couple of years of your medical expenses, probably. So so that's not going to work out very well. Never mind the fact that if you took that same percentage of money out of your paycheck and invested it yourself into a very safe index fund, by the time you retire, you'd have a couple million dollars mm-hmm. for the average person. Mm-hmm. And that could pay for quite a bit of medical expenses. Yeah. Especially if it was actually the whole 15% number and not even just the 7% right. that's coming out of your check. If you were putting 15% in every single year, you're going to have a couple mil in that account and you'd be able to spend it however you want. That would be a way, way better deal. But I don't know. I threw out my idea for Medicare and Social Security. I, I was th- We were talking to someone last week, and I said, I, I don't think we can just end these programs. I know that they're insolvent, but I don't even think as a libertarian it would be right to just say, get into office and then delete the programs. I don't think you can do that. I don't think that it's... I don't think that it would be possible to do that to the entire sector of society that is dependent on those and people who have gone throughout their entire lives knowing that they would have those things i don't think it's right to do but i say if you're if you're under 40 so wes you're still good if you're under 40 i think listen we all know it you're not going to receive anything man you're not going to get anything you need to start working on your own retirement. probably not probably not yeah. or whatever you do receive is going to be so terribly inflated and terrible that the buying power is just going to be awful. And so I don't know what's, what would you do to, to it, man? Yeah, I would find a way to get rid of it. I, I would, you know, we slowly built it up to where it is today. I would slowly, you know, tear it apart. <clears throat> um, and, and in a way that obviously you can't come in there because look, I mean, most of the people that vote vote have social security and Medicare. <laughs> yeah. So it, you know, to be a viable candidate, and to actually get elected, you're not going to be able to come in and say, yeah, I want to get rid of these programs that people count on now. Um, but the government's created that dependency because it came in in the 60s and basically said, oh, well, actually, Social Security was before that. But they basically said that, you know, people don't know how to take care of themselves, which they absolutely do. And now you've created a dependency through force because there's no choice if you if you make less. I think it's less than one hundred and forty thousand, one hundred and thirty something thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
all the money you make up into that point, you have to pay a percentage in the Social Security. Now, the people who are rich, <laughs> who make the, more than that, there's they, a cap on it. There's yeah. a cap. They don't yeah. have to pay, you know, anything over like one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. They don't pay any percentage into Social Security whatsoever. So <clears throat> nice little loophole there for the rich folk. Mm-hmm. But but um, I don't know. I, I think you have to stair step it down and you have to say you have to give people the information like you said and be like, OK, from this age to this age, your benefits are going to be reduced. So start planning. And from this age and under, I don't know, maybe make it like 10 years old and under. Who knows? <laughs> but they don't even know yet. They don't yeah. even know. They're not even paying it. Don't yet. even tell them it ever existed. But don't they? <laughs> never existed to them. And so th- then they don't pay anything and they get to keep their, you know, more of their own paycheck. Yeah. So I like anytime it. we can get rid of taxes. It's a good thing. And you pay so many taxes, especially during this, like with the direct with, income theft, property theft, there's sales theft, there's, <laughs> there's capital gains theft. There's all your, ter- there's all your trade de- theft, trade theft, death theft. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the list goes on. The, the, I mean, some people pay state income your tax, franchise and excise theft. For, yeah. Your all inheritance theft, stuff. inheritance, <laughs> <laughs> payroll, all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> we haven't even got. I mean, a lot of countries do a VAT tax now. Mm-hmm. So you're paying extra for the products that aren't even delivered yet. They haven't even been created. Right. They're not even <laughs> there yet. <laughs> you don't even know if you're going to sell any. And you can talk about inflation theft. And I mean, the list of theft goes on and on. We probably are over the 50% mark. Quite a lot of theft. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you get for it? Roads. <laughs> you get my roads. Police. Yeah. Plus, how would we have? We wanted killed, to fund them now, yeah. but how would we have killed all those people in the Middle East? You know, right. if we wouldn't have had all that theft. Yeah, you know, I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, get it. You forgot about that part. Do you want to do the uh, Europe's top health officials? Well, did article? you did you just read the other headline for people? Well, I mean, it, oh, so this headline is hilarious. <laughs> the way that they word this, we don't have to do the article, but this is the way to, that this whole Medicare and uh, Social Security thing is going. So, listen to how this is worded. Trump calls for making permanent cuts to both Medicare and Social Security payroll taxes. (laughs) But the first thing you read is he's calling for making permanent cuts to both Medicare and Social Security payroll taxes. (laughs) (laughs) As if this is the this is the only time ever that Democrats have suggested that if a program is not being paid for, that we have to stop it. Right then. Yeah. That's it. That's the only time. Any other time, we could just, we could print the money. We could take it from someone else. Nope. Because we're going to cut this tax, therefore, Medicare and Social Security are going to be gone. It's just crazy how that happens leading up to an election. Man. But I think it's genius. Oh, it's genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way they're doing it. It even even got someone like your mom. It's impressively manipulative. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. They they read um, How to Win Over and Influence People. Is that the book? I don't know. Something like that. The power of persuasion, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the power of habits. <laughs> anyway, all right. <clears throat> On to the latest news. Uh, guys, there's a brand new virus out there. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's uh, co- uh, COVID. Co- COVID. 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 Yeah. COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Uh, something to do with some kind of coronavirus or something. But anyway, there's this virus going around, apparently, the world. And... Um, this article out of fee. This is Europe's top health officials say masks aren't helping in beating COVID-19. So Denmark boasts one of the lowest COVID-19 death rates in the world. As of August 4th, the Danes have suffered 616 COVID-19 deaths, according to figures from Johns Hopkins University. That's less than one third of the number of Danes who die from pneumonia or influenza in a given year. Despite the success, Danish Danish leaders recently found themselves on the defensive. The reason is that Danes aren't wearing face masks. And local authorities are, for the most part, aren't even recommending them. Hmm. Wonder what's happening here. Which, uh, if you guys want to buy some masks, by the way, (laughs) go to goodmorningliberty.us slash mask. Or where's the, you have a link for the other spot? I'll put a link in the show notes for all all the new face masks. Yeah. For the face masks. There's a bunch of new ones. A bunch of good ones. Uh, so this prompted uh, Berlinski, the country's oldest newspaper, to complain that Danes had positioned themselves to the right of Trump. <laughs> They're further right. Those crazy people not wearing masks. 
Quote, the whole world is wearing face masks, even Donald Trump. Berlinski pointed out, this apparently did not sit well with Danish health officials. They responded by noting there is little conclusive evidence that face masks are an effective way to limit the spread of respiratory viruses. Quote, all these country, countries recommending face masks haven't made their decisions based on new studies, said Henning Bungard, chief physician at Denmark's Rigs, Rigs, Rigs Hospital. According to Bloomberg News, Denmark has since updated its guidelines to encourage but not require the use of masks on public transit where social distancing may not be possible. Denmark is not alone. Despite a global stampede of mask wearing, data shows that 80 to 90% of people in Finland and Holland say they they never wear masks when they go out, a sharp contrast to the 80 to 90% of people in Spain and Italy who say they always wear masks when they go out. Dutch public health officials recently explained why they're not recommended masks. Quote, from a medical point of view, there is no evidence of a medical effect of wearing face masks, so we decided not to impose a national obligation. Others echoing statements similar to the U.S. Surgeon General from early March said masks could make individuals sicker or exacerbate the spread of the virus. Quote, face masks in public places are not necessary based on all the current evidence, said Cohen Berens, spokesman for the National Institute for Public Health and Environment. There is no benefit and there may even be negative impact. So we talked about this. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the unintended consequences or the uh, what's the other term for it? Um, the, the, this false sense of security that a mask could provide people. And in fact, also the people who wear masks improperly. Mm -hmm. So they, when you pull your mask down to talk to somebody, that's the worst. I mean, we even heard the government during the hearing, <laughs> oh, I forgot the about recommended, that. The, 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 the physicians recommended time to not wear a mask is when you were speaking. Yeah. Wear a mask at all times, unless you're speaking, which makes absolutely no sense. It's <laughs> like, you should not wear a mask unless you are speaking. Cause that's when you are most likely to spit when you speak. Um, so there's all kinds of reasons why. <clears throat> Plus, I mean, I feel like the majority of people are wearing cloth masks, which just don't do anything. Very low now, percentage. Yeah. We are selling ironic masks. Yeah which is because you're forced to wear them, you might as well one that says, I'm only wearing this because I have to. Yeah, we have one that or, says- I'm only wearing this so I don't get arrested. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So you might as well wear one of those and uh, you know support liberty at the same time. So quote, <laughs> with numbers diminishing very quickly in Sweden, we see no point in wearing a face mask in Sweden, not even on public transport, said Anders Tegnell, Sweden's top infectious disease expert. So. That's another thing no one's talking about, by the way. Everyone wants to say, well, Sweden, their deaths are way higher than their neighboring countries because they didn't enforce all the lockdowns that everybody did. Sweden is now at a daily death count of like one, by the way. <clears throat> one. It's not too bad. And they're not even requiring masks on public transport because it's not necessary. I mean, we literally are now dealing with a disease, which can be bad. I'm not saying it's not. But. You're dealing with a disease that has in the United States a 0.4% mortality rate now. Yeah. Which is literally, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, it may just be the flu. A really, really bad case of the flu. Yeah. Well, we're, st you know, 10 years from now, if we ever get all the numbers, I think we'll, I think we'll be in for, some people might be in for a surprise potentially, but I don't think, I don't think people realize to what extent those numbers include people who tested positive for antibodies, uh, meaning a lot of times that they just carried it and they fought it off and everything was fine. I don't think people realize to what extent that is or to what extent the deaths include people who died in a car accident, but they also had COVID antibodies in their blood. Mm -hmm. And so they went down as a COVID death. I'm not saying no one's dying from it, not saying it's not real, but I am saying I think the numbers are insanely overinflated. And uh, we'll find out someday, someday, maybe, yeah. potentially. And again, you know, the, the great mask debate. We did this whole podcast. If you guys want to go back and listen to it, I can't remember episode like 270 something. Uh, take the 300 episode challenge. There's no reason not to go back and listen to them all. There's great stuff in all of them. Um, but the what we've always said, what I have always said is that the government should not mandate mask wearing, um, but that mask wearing isn't a hard thing to do. 
So, yeah. so what I see no issue in, in putting one on. The one negative thing is if we find out that it actually makes things worse. So if it does have a negative impact, then there would be an issue with just simply putting one on, you know, because then you're causing people to potentially get sick when they wouldn't have gotten sick. There's all kinds of studies talking about how the cloth masks collect all kinds of bacteria and you're more likely to get lung infections and things like that because the mask will pick up stuff and you'll just sit there and just breathe in the, the bacteria all day from your mask. Whereas maybe before you just would have, you know, caught a whiff of it and then everything would have been fine. And instead it just sits there and you reuse the same mask all the time and you just touch it repeatedly taking it on and off, getting it all over your hands, and there's no way you're washing your hands properly every single time that you pull your mask down and pull it back up. Or if you're wearing down, gloves and up. you touch everything and then yeah. touch your face. Yeah, there's just, people aren't doing it properly. Like, this is made for people who work in the healthcare field where they'll, like, put on masks and they'll wear gloves or they'll scrub in and they'll do all kinds of stuff like that and they won't touch their face or or anything and then they'll, they'll scrub again and they'll wash their hands before they do anything with any patients. Like those are the kind of precautions that we're talking about would slow down the type of spread, but it's literally going to require you using hand sanitizer every couple minutes or switching out your mask every single day or between every building that you go in and out of. Uh, there's all kinds of things that you'd have to do if you were going to be pretending like you were a doctor for a little while. And no one's actually doing that. They're just putting this thing on their face and they think that that means that they're doing a good thing. But it's potentially harmful if if they're not doing a good thing and you think you are, it could make it worse. You know, I saw, you know, my my Pizza Hut closed their drive through window because it was considered to be too dangerous. And instead of going through the drive through, you had to go in and pick up your pizza. <laughs> so, so everyone had to touch the same door going in. They had to sit in a little waiting area because they had to close their drive-through because it was too dangerous to have everyone going by the same window. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like stupid crap like that. Reducing the hours at the grocery store, which everyone, I mean, I think everyone notices. And closing all the doors except one. Yeah. Making everyone go in and out of the same door. Like it's, there's just insane things going on and uh, using, doing everything for, with self-checkout, which is great sometimes, but then you realize that like every single person in the store has now gone through and touched the self-checkout. Whereas before you just would have piled your stuff up there on a, on a conveyor belt and the, the person that worked there could have checked it through and maybe they would have had gloves on or something like that. Like the, there's all kinds of things where people think they're doing something good and, and they're not. And it right. gets really annoying. Mm-hmm. I ain't Batman, man. Can't save the world. Means. Well, he wears a mask. He just beat people up. He wears a mask and he's a billionaire. I'll tell you what, man, this is all Bill Gates' so, fault. So now, I mean, if you want to, you can go into the, um, the Nashville city council member, if you want to do that, or I can do it. Yeah, this one's good. I can do this. <laughs> all right. Yeah. This so one, this, this one good, might be easier to read. It's a good lead into. <laughs> yeah. So considering that, mm, you know, some European countries aren't wearing masks and they don't really see a need for it. And, Their numbers are going down. Our numbers are going down, too, by the way. Um, Now, let's see what Nashville has to say. This made national news, but this is coming from the Tennessee Star. Metro Nashville Council member wants people not wearing a mask to be charged with murder or attempted murder. These are the people, you lovely people elected into office. But it's okay because it's a local government. This lovely lady here. Metro Nashville at-large council member Sharon Hurt said Wednesday during a virtual meeting of the Joint Public Safety and Health Committee that there should be stronger legislation for those not wearing masks and suggested they should be charged with murder or attempted murder. Hurt said that she works for an organization that if they pass the virus, then they are tried for murder or attempted murder. Hurt thinks the same standard should apply to the general public. (laughs) What about the flu and all kinds of other stuff? Quote, This person who may very well pass this virus that's out in the air because they're not wearing a mask is basically doing the same thing to someone who contracts it and dies from it. She said, maybe there needs to be stronger legislation to say that if you do not wear a mask and you subject uh, and you subject exposure of this virus to someone else, then there will be some stronger penalty as it is in other viruses that are exposed. She added her suggestion comes as the Nashville Davidson County COVID-19 dashboard indicates a recent decline 
in new daily cases of COVID-19 and the fatality rate of 0.9%. And a, a suggestion of a charge of murder for something that has a fatality rate of 0.9%. Yeah. You're just out there spreading death. Yeah. It's insane. And look, we're against death. We are. Yeah. I don't want anyone to die ever. I want to make that clear. Yeah. We are against death. And so far, that has been the hardest problem to solve for human beings. It's been a really hard problem. But it's still there. And we don't we don't even want the 0.9% to die. And uh, but, you know, charged with murder here. Hurt had to be reminded by Metro Nashville's director of legislative affairs, Mike Jamison, uh, who was drinking whiskey, <laughs> who also participated in the virtual meeting, whose jurisdiction it is to create a new code or class of criminal offense. The council does not have the opportunity on its own to create criminal legislation, he said, in terms of creating a new code or class of criminal offenses that is a, cr a creature of state law. So she expressed her disappointment. <laughs> I was afraid that was going to be the answer. <laughs> I was afraid I couldn't charge these Republicans with with murder. <laughs> I guess that's the whole point of asking for something to be done as early as the council was pushing. She added, it seems it was not taken as seriously as it should have been. And thus we are in the situation we are in right now. Hertz proposal came the same day that mayor John Cooper issued a statement that the Metro national police department was ordered to issue citations to persons not complying with the health department's masks order. Mayor Cooper once again, enhanced his clampdown on Nashville's main tourism attraction by prohibiting alcoholic beverage sale possession or consumption uh, except for on-premises or delivery through its public health order 10 that went into effect Saturday. They also shut down all the party buses and all that, mm. which then they attempted to go to Franklin. The and, buses did? Yeah. They, <laughs> they ran for about two hours in Franklin and they got shut down Ugh. in Franklin as well. They also got pulled over by the police and was issued an open container citation. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so... Man, if I owned one of those companies, I'd be so pissed. So just imagine for a moment where we read an article where there's several European countries that are not even requiring face masks, some of them not even recommending face masks, and several health officials saying that they are not effective and could actually have negative impacts on people's health and could be making the problem worse. And having a government official in a major city suggesting that if you don't wear a mask, that you could be charged with murder or attempted murder. Just to, just try and wrap your head around that mm -hmm. for a second. Just a little bit. Beat your head on those bitches. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy, man. It's so <laughs> crazy. We got to get some of the right information out there. And this is why you can't just go around willy-nilly making laws, telling people that they got to put something on their face or not. Because you don't know whether or not they're even effective. They could have negative impacts. And you get idiots like this out there that are... Literally, if the whole thing was full of people like her, we could have a murder charge for not wearing a mask around. And how are you going to prove that someone got someone else sick? Like, we've talked about this before, and we've talked about whether or not it was a violation of the non-aggression principle to go out knowing that you could have coronavirus or COVID or that you did have it, and you went out without a mask, and you went out in public. Are you, as a libertarian, violating the non-aggression principle? when you go out i think you potentially are you could potentially be hurting people yeah agree but you'd never be able to prove in the court of law that someone got sick from another person like you don't have your own little strand of virus that is just completely unique to you like dna code or anything like that i don't believe anyway right not a medical professional not that we know of yet but i don't think your virus has like its own little barcode and tracking inventory scanner or anything like that it's just going to say you got COVID yeah. and you're going to be like, who's it from? And they're going to be like, I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. There's the, the court case. The virus isn't speaking. Yes. <laughs> they said he's not talking. <laughs> they said snitches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah. So anyway, it's just, it's completely ridiculous. So we put him back in virus jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So speaking of COVID, I mean, you guys heard of COVID. It's going around right now. Yeah. But we've talked about... Something like a pandemic or something. Yeah. We talked back in February, March, all this stuff's going on. This is obviously going but to lead... I want, yeah. you, you, we're going to get into this, but can we real quick just talk about... Absolutely, we can. As, as, we, as we're seeing all the numbers decline, we're seeing things 
start to get better despite what you hear. And I'm talking nationwide. I'm not saying that there aren't hot spots because there are. Okay. But you see things getting better. Even in Dallas, they were declining on cases and they were declining on hospitalizations and they were declining on deaths. Yet they still canceled the Young Americans for Liberty Convention. Nationwide and worldwide, you're seeing daily cases go down. You're seeing hospitalizations go down. You're seeing the death rate go down all over the place. It's getting better. Okay. And the, the latest reports indicate potentially that we ruined the world economy. Yeah. We, tw- in, at least in America, at least 20 million people are still without jobs. They're estimating 40 million Americans are going to lose their homes. The Fed wants to raise inflation to a billion percent, probably. <laughs> like, it's, we literally saw a, a 34% decline in the stock 38. market. 38% yep. decline in the stock market. Hundreds, I would say thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of businesses out of business, closed. Most of them restaurants and places that make the, that are small businesses that barely make a profit to begin with. And all for what? For what? We for, don't know. For for something potentially that's not even worse than the flu that we see every single year. Every year. And we're having the problem that people, you know, uneducated people like us were, were throwing out there just using deductive reasoning and logic and things like that, that the only way to stop this from becoming uh, a long-term thing would be to do what Sweden did, which is allow yourself to get to herd immunity. And then you just don't have people getting really sick all the time. And then you end up stopping your deaths, basically. Yeah. And that was like the best way to do it. That's what a vaccine is. And I know some more people might have died. Of course, more people might have died. But we've all admitted that terrible economies kill people, that poverty kills people, that bad health care or lack of access to health care kills people. Even Bernie Sanders would say Even that. Even he says that. He says 40,000 people die a year because of lack. A, a lack of access to quality health care and because they're in poverty, but we're totally okay with sending millions more people into poverty. We're okay with sending a hundred million people around the world in the starvation to, to save, to save what is anyone ever going to do the math on this and see how many more people died from the response to COVID than what would have died from COVID. It's, it's, it's completely insane. It's infuriating. Magoo wants to know if we can charge the government with the attempted murder of the economy. The the government <laughs> is the is the most prolific serial killer that has ever lived. And and Josh says poor kids die just like white kids. <laughs> <laughs> poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, Joe, what do you know? Okay. So speaking of vaccinations, Nate. Yeah. So tell, tell me this. Grand old story. We were talking about this, and I got to say this to my wife. Wife, (laughs) if you're listening, I told you we're going to be having mandated vaccines, and we're going to have COVID vaccination cards that we will have to carry around. I know that this still sounds crazy, but it's going to happen. Okay. But, But hear them out. But yeah, all right. (laughs) Sounds nuts, but hear them out. (laughs) Listen to USA Today right now, pretty large publication talking about this. And this is going to, if not already, it's going to become the mainstream. And so it says to defeat COVID-19 by requiring vaccination for all. It's not un-American, it's patriotic. It's patriotic to force everyone to put a needle in their arm. Another great headline. Against their will, yeah. So good. To win the war against the novel coronavirus that has killed nearly 163,000 people in this country, the only answer is compulsory vaccination for all of us. And while the measures that will be necessary to defeat the coronavirus will seem draconian, even anti-American to some, we believe that there is no alternative. Simply put, getting vaccinated is going to be our patriotic duty. All right. The reason? When an effective vaccine is available for COVID-19, it will only defeat the pandemic if it is widely used, which is true, creating herd immunity. It is important to note that during an epidemic, there is no threshold above which the protection conferred by herd immunity cannot be improved. Thus, the more people who are immunized, the lower the risk for all of us, including those who are not vaccinated. Nor is there an alternative to vaccine-induced herd immunity in the pandemic, except for herd immunity. 
Relying <laughs> on enough people becoming affected and then immune is dangerous. Like a natural spread. As exemplified by the Swedish experience, where the COVID-19 mortality rate exceeds that of its more cautious neighbors. Broad induction of immunity. Yet they won't talk about what's happening right now. Yeah, they're only talking about what Sweden's numbers look like for the first couple months of the pandemic. Not yeah. what it's looked like for like the last month at all, which is when they hit herd immunity, everyone stopped dying. And that seemed pretty important for a long-term goal. Overall, it says broad induction of immunity in the population by immunization will be necessary to end this pandemic. In simple terms, a refusal to be vaccinated threatens the lives of others. Disincentives for non-compliance. Here's what America must do when a vaccine is ready. It says make vaccines free and easily accessible. All right. Of course. Check yeah. that one off right there. Exempt only those with medical contradictions to immunization. It is likely that more than one vaccine platform will prove effective, as was the case for polio. And as a result, medical conditions that prohibit all COVID-19 vaccines will be rare. It says do not honor religious objections. The major religions do not officially oppose vaccinations. <laughs> I would like to form a religion right now yeah. that officially opposes. Well, I don't want to oppose vaccinations. I want to oppose mandatory vaccinations. Right. Do not allow objections for personal preference, which violate the social contract. Oh, God. Oh, man. How can government and society ensure compliance with protective vaccines? Vaccine refusers could lose tax credits or be denied non-essential government benefits. Hmm. Health insurers could Would that violate the 14th Amendment. Well, they say in here that it doesn't violate the 14th <laughs> okay. Amendment specifically. Health insurers could levy higher premiums. And by the way, there is Supreme Court precedents for this already. So if they, they decide to do this, yeah. they, they can do it. Yeah, that's a private business. They yeah. sure can. Health, health insurers could levy higher premiums for those who, by refusing immunizations, place themselves and others at risk, as is the case for smokers. Those darn smokers. Man. Private businesses could refuse to employ or serve unvaccinated individuals, which is what will actually happen. Schools could refuse to allow unimmunized children to attend classes, which already happens in, in a lot of cases. Public and commercial transit companies, airlines, trains, and buses could exclude refusers. Which would happen. Which would happen. Public and private auditoriums could require evidence of immunization for entry. Which would happen. Which, which would happen. So now we get to immunization certification cards. How, then, should immunizations be documented? A registry of immunization will be needed with names entered after immunization is completed. Adequate immunization may require more than a single vaccination, and the durability of protection by different vaccines may vary and may require periodic booster immunizations. Thus, immunized persons will need to receive expiration date stamped certification cards, which should be issued to all who are immunized in the country. Whether That's outdated. Why don't they just why don't they just put a chip in your arm? Yeah. That's so outdated. They just just put yeah, a chip. That'd be way better. You just scan it on the way in. Yeah. Or not even scan it. They would just have scanners at Everywhere. all the doors and everything Everywhere. like that. And yeah. you walk through and if you're not Well, they'd just be tracking your location at all times. Right. So they would know whether or not you walk through. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Or you could have it and you just, you know, everyone has to wave their arm and to we'll, open a door. And, and if you wave your non-vaccinated arm, you can't get in. And we'll create you know? the um, the DCT, the Department of Coronavirus Task Force, <laughs> and they will be responsible for tracking those, those deadly refusers down. Yeah. <laughs> it says, we acknowledge that the refusal to obey rules one considers unjust is an American tradition. But another cornerstone of the American tradition is that we come together when it's necessary. Is that we force people to do we things that we don't, they don't to want do to do. Things. The best example of this was during the two world wars. Everyone contributed. No one was allowed to opt out merely because it conflicted with a sense of autonomy. And draft dodgers who refused to serve were subject to penalties. Unless you were rich. True. Conscientious, conscientious objectors. That's hard for a lisp. Yes, it is. That is a very difficult one. Objectors could refuse to use weapons for religious reasons, but they were obligated to help out in other ways, serving in non-combatant roles. There are no such alternatives for vaccination. <laughs> so, listen, uh, there is precedent for this, by the way. This goes back to 1905, I believe. Uh, let me pull this up. Jacobson versus Massachusetts. Uh, so this was a United States Supreme Court case in which the court upheld the authority of states to enforce compulsory vaccination laws. The court's decision articulated the view that individual liberty is not absolute and is subject to the police power of the state. Sounds like a libertarian wrote that yeah. first line right there. So 
this is something that they can do. I don't think that they'll have to do it. I don't want them to do it. Um, I did a little video over the weekend. Uh, businesses, by the way, you don't even have to worry about them being free or anything like that. Businesses will provide vaccinations for their employees. Right. And businesses that don't are going to be lambasted in some kind of way. And it's going to become a benefit, you know, just like they'll use it as a marketing tool. it, It is. And like every year, this, this truck comes around and they do uh, flu vaccinations for everyone who works in my wife's office. And you don't pay for it. They pay for it. You just get it. And you think, well, they're just doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Actually, they just don't want you to miss a lot of work. That's, that's what they're actually doing. Yeah. They don't want to pay you for a lot of time off. So the incentive structure is there for them to pay for this. And the, the same thing is going to happen with coronavirus. You'll have Amazon and Walmart and McDonald's and, and Target and all these massive companies that are, that are going to pay for vaccinations. Basically, anyone who has benefits of any kind is going to pay for coronavirus vaccinations because they don't want to be someone who doesn't do that. Yeah. And they don't want to be known for their workers not being vaccinated because if that gets out, that's going to hurt them as far as having customers come in. And all your contractors and landscapers and everybody who comes to your house, they'll be licensed, insured, bonded, and vaccinated. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Don't call the other guys. Call us. We're vaccinated. We're vaccinated. (laughs) Anyway. Licensed, insured, bonded, and vaccinated. It's a, you know, I'll get... I'll get the vaccine eventually. I'll wait and see how it goes. <laughs> you know, I well, just got my first flu. My what if I mandate it? I got my first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a private contractor. So <laughs> I got my first flu vaccine uh, this year. The first time ever. Did you? Yeah. So that I, I don't know if I'd ever have, or if I, maybe when I was in school, but even the vaccines you're supposed to get before you go to high school, I just never went and did them. And, huh. and they told me, you need to get these vac- vaccinations. I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Never did it. <laughs> yeah. Never went and did it, ever. Never yeah. said a single thing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I didn't graduate, but I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to get no, that done. I'm going to get it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to get that done. Yeah. No, I got it. Just right. Yeah, I forgot the paperwork at home. Yeah. bad. Only call them real quick. Just put me down as uh, comply. Yes, I comply. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is the free market's going to do this anyway. Um, the cards, that's going to be, I, that'll be a little bit of a crazier one, but it is something that I, that was just kind of a logical step. They'll make you put a star. You'll have to get a star or something on your real ID. Yeah. Which, which was supposed to be by the, by October this year, but they pushed it back now. But, um, or you'll have to wear like a star, like on a patch wrapped around your arm, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. As to yeah. whether or not you've been vaccinated. Yeah. Not like the North star or anything, just like the no. star of David. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the star of David to indicate vaccination. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's normal stuff. One of those normal things. Yeah. Now look, as far <laughs> as vaccines are concerned, I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. I don't really, you guys can believe the Bill Gates thing if you want to. I don't believe it whatsoever the guy has done amazing things with his money um and you can believe whatever you want it's up to you you're free to choose to believe whatever you want but the history of vaccinations shows that they do way more good than they do harm yeah and so i would to me as someone who's looked into the history of vaccinations it's better to get one than not get one so whatever you have to say about the flu vaccine or any other vaccine and look, is it possible that Bill Gates has some kind of secret lab where he's forcing people to do certain things because he's the devil himself? I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. I don't think so. I feel like that's a little far-fetched. It's a little too deep. It seems a little down, a little bit out there. A little bit out there. But hey, this is why I don't think they should be mandated. Has he done some bad stuff? Yeah, I believe they actually pushed through a mandatory vaccination in where uh, was it India or something like that? Um, for one I think of it was his, India. For one of his vaccines that I, from what I read on the dark web, ended up killing a lot of people. <laughs> you now know? I'm getting Chuck the state. Chuck the state. Yeah. No, this is so. If you want, if BS. you are, if you are an anti-vaxer or you just want to make a logical argument, free market argument against forced mandated vaccinations, there's a very good free market argument against it. In that, if you mandate that someone use a product from someone else, you're going to kill the incentive for innovation in, in that product. 
And so while vaccinations have negative effects sometimes, and over time, we probably made them a little bit better, and we know that they have some negative effects, and sometimes they don't work all that well. You know, you can still, you still have a lot of people dying from the flu all the time, and um, some of them were probably vaccinated. People, you know, that it's not just going to be a cure-all for everything. Fun. So it's uh, the free market argument for me would be if you make something mandatory, you take away the incentive for people to make it better. Because why would you? You've always got to ask, like, why would someone make it better? And if the answer is because they're a good person, then you need to go ahead and and not ever consider talking about this stuff ever again. Because you Wrong. cannot wait on people to do something because they're good people. Right. And the incentive is going to be, well, this vaccine, I have people pay for it. And it's not mandatory, but I really want people to take it. And so therefore, I don't have enough people taking this vaccine. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to make a better one that's so good and it is so safe that people will opt into taking this one. And then you will continuously have people moving into making vaccines better and better because they want to entice people to take them. And eventually where there is like no risk whatsoever which it's almost no risk whatsoever already, and the thing is like 100% effective, then you can get yourself that way. But if you just mandate whatever company makes a vaccine, whatever company comes out with Johnson & Johnson comes out with their vaccine, and you make it mandatory, then you kill all of the incentive to make a better vaccine at that time. Right. And so that would be my, if you are an anti-vaxxer, I would go more along those lines because you think the free market would continuously make one better and killing the free market in the vaccine is going to leave us with a worse option for a longer period of time. So that that's just my two cents on that one right there, man. Man, I, I could have said it about it myself. <laughs> Good. You want to, you want to hold the rent thing for tomorrow? We're already in an hour right now. Yeah, let's hold yeah. it. Let's All right, guys. It. This is going to be a dumb bleep too. It's going to be so, so much of a dumb bleep. And then we got this article from Teen Vogue, which if you guys have never read anything on Teen Vogue, I recommend um, going and reading articles on Teen Vogue. If you've ever wondered what it was like to be inside the ass of Bernie Sanders, because <laughs> that's exactly what you're getting when you, when you go to that. Uh, so anyway, guys, if you are interested in learning how to day trade, we surrounded have... by old dusty farts. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in learning how to day trade, go to mastermystonks.com. Go to mastermytrades or mastermystonks.com. We had a lot of people sign up over the weekend. Thank you for doing that. Uh, people signing up for those one-on-ones. People signing up for the pre-market. We traded live um, up until about oh, like 9:30 a.m. or 10 a.m. something like that today. And, um, you know, it's today was another crazy day. We had a stock that was up 560% at one point in time. These opportunities are there every single day. You have not missed your opportunity because there is a new one every single day. And if you want to learn how we pick these points on these stocks and how we trade these specific price points and the different strategies that we use, then you want to go to mastermytrades.com. Get in on that live group, folks. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. Get in on the live. Chat with us. Be there early for the show. We have some good times. We have some fun times. We send all kinds of like the Ginger Billy video in the group. Only get access to that by signing up. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. Put your money where your mouth is. Sign up for as little as five measly bucks a month. It's probably cheaper than the vaccine is going to cost now. <laughs> Sign up for it. Get, be in there and then leave us a rating and review. We got a three-star review the other day that just really buttered my biscuits. That's a good thing, isn't it? know who it was. Did it burn your biscuits? It burned them. Oh, yeah. It burnt. I like, because I like butter on my biscuits. I like butter biscuits yeah. too, so it burnt. I don't like them burnt biscuits. Mm -mm. It grazed my biscuits and I just wow. wasn't happy about it. So leave us a rating and review. Five stars if you think it's worth it, because it is. You can do that on um, on Apple Podcast or I think Google Podcast has reviews and Stitcher, Stitcher, um, all those other ones. For those of you that listen on Spotify and stuff, I get it. There's no reviews there because Spotify's behind the times. We understand. <laughs> uh, but if you listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, mainly Apple Podcasts, that's where most of the reviews are, and that's actually where most people listen. So if you do listen there. Please leave us a rating and review. There are way more of you that listen than have left reviews. So I'm talking to all of you out there who haven't left one yet. All the ones that have, you're in the in crowd. So just as 96% of the people subscribe to this podcast, 96% of those people should also leave a review. And yet I again, feel like that's today's the most people we've ever had yeah. as listeners on the podcast. This is the biggest audience again. So yep. This is happening every single day now. I wonder when that day will change. Mm. 
I hope not. Yeah. Just every single day. We might have a big flush down when that happens. <laughs> so yeah. as Nate said, mastermytrades.com, mastermystocks.com, or patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, then please continue to share the show with a friend because as Nate said, you know, just keep going up and up every single day. That's because you guys are sharing the show. Y'all are leaving those rating and reviews, and we appreciate every single one of you for the most part. <laughs> Except, well, we do appreciate the live group, but some of them in there, you know, no, they're all good. A questionable. Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you guys have a good day, and I hope you have a good morning, Liberty. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know, uh, uh, 